BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash check the locks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks presents True Crime for the Short on Time. As always, I'm John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. Olivia, before we get started, I'm over here in a winter wonderland, but how are you? How has your week been? How's everything going? I'm not in a winter wonderland, but I'm tired of being cold. I live in the deep, deep south for a reason, and it is real cold. How, how cold is real cold? When you say it's real it cold was now. 24 degrees, 29 degrees. The kicker was, so I think I posted in the Facebook group that it was like 50 degrees. It wasn't supposed to get cold until tonight. And it got cold like 24 hours earlier. So when I woke up, it was below freezing and I was not anticipating that. Yeah, we were at four degrees this morning. All the cupboards are open. The faucets are dripping. I had to insulate the outside faucets to make sure nothing like burst or anything like that. Also, I realized that it's taken me 10 years to buy a snow shovel, but it will be 11 years before I buy snow boots because I do not have any. (laughs) 
So pro tip, this is something I've been doing. I've also been to the grocery store like this, but I take like Target bags or Kroger bags or whatever and wrap them around my my socks and then put my shoes on. So mm-hmm. that way, if your feet get wet, oh, they're it like, keeps ins- your it's like insulated. Yeah. Yeah. But I wear like cord pants, you know, like the joggers. So mm-hmm. you could see the bag like sticking out. <laughs> so I was walking around Publix today. But hey, it works. I shoveled, salted. I think I have the cleanest driveway right now in middle Tennessee. So I'm feeling really good about it. I'm very proud. <laughs> that sounds like a successful snow week you got going on. It's been pretty good. And, you know, they called Tuesday and Wednesday. And then we got the call again saying like, hey, school's going to be canceled Thursday. And then today we got the call saying it was going to be canceled Friday because we're supposed to get rain tomorrow night and then it's going to refreeze and everything's going to be ice. So they're not sending the kids to school. So we just got done with a two week Christmas break and New Year's break. The kids went to school for a week and now they've been off for another week. So it's a lot of at home time. Yeah, they're all out of school right now here, um, which I'm like, I need a snow day. Can I get a snow day? I'm like the only one going to work, it seems like. But I think all of our listeners are probably really cold unless you live like in California or like the southwest of the country. Yeah, it's a lot of cold weather, a lot of places. And, you know, with what Kara does, if she doesn't see clients like, you know, she needs to see clients to get a paycheck. So whether that's virtual or she went in the office today, but yeah. That means, you know, one of us has to be home. So I've been home with her all week. So it's just been, it's been a crazy week. And it was really cool though. Shout out to our friend from Sweden in the Facebook group who posted the weather that they were getting. Cause I was and like, how oh, cold man. was it there? I think she, if I remember correctly, she said negative 20 and they had a foot and a half of snow, but Jeez. I was just like, wow, it is, you know, I know that this podcast goes out a lot of places, mm-hmm. but it's just crazy to be like, oh, like. Somebody's listening and hanging out with us. So thank you so much for checking it out and helping us travel out of the country. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. I think the coldest it ever got in Iowa was like negative 20. But I remember like when it would be negative 20 and it'd be like negative 15. It was like almost like it was the same. But then once it got to like zero, you're like, oh, it's so warm. I can like not wear a heavy coat. And you're like, it's still zero degrees outside. But there's a big difference between like zero and negative 20 and negative 30 and some of these crazy temperatures that people are experiencing. Oh yeah. I mean, it's nuts. Cause when I was shoveling the snow, you know, I had a long sleeve shirt on, I had a like zip up hoodie, then my winter coat, a hat, a hood. I had long johns on a pair of jeans. And so I'm, you know, it's freezing, but I'm sweating mm-hmm. and I felt my beard and my beard was like all ice. All ice. So it's weird because it's like once it gets to a certain level of cold, it doesn't matter. It's like what's negative 20 versus negative 30, right? Like it's just freezing. But tonight I went outside. It was 20 degrees outside, but the wind wasn't blowing. And I was like, is it June? Because it feels amazing. Right, right. right. Yeah. And that's how it would be in Iowa. Like, oh, it's 20 degrees today. I can wear short sleeves. Yeah. I remember being blown away because my first couple of years down here, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but my first couple of years down here. I was wearing like shorts and a t-shirt on Christmas and I was like, Oh, this is amazing. And then over the last couple of years, it's just been been cold, cold and lots of snow and stuff like that. So. Yeah. I remember one year I came home from Christmas from Iowa and I packed like winter clothes and I was borrowing my mom's like short sleeve shirts and flip flops. And I was like, it's so warm here. Cause you never know one day it's cold and the next day it's 80 degrees. Yeah. It's just so up and down that it is, uh, 
it's hard to like know what to plan for. Like I said, I think I said it last week on the podcast or on Monday, but we're, you know, supposed to get down to like negative nine, but then by next Thursday, it's going to be 65 degrees. So I, they used to say that in Michigan where it was like, if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes. And I'm finding that to be very true to here as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we're doing too much Gabby Gabby, John. You are so right. We should definitely get into the stabby stabby. This week is your week. So let's break it down. We'll jump into it. Uh, I know you're short on time. I'm short on time. The listeners are short on time. So we can jump into it. What do you got for us this week? For this week, short on time, this news actually dropped today as an update to a case that happened in 2014. I've never heard of this case, but some listeners might have. And I'm curious to see if you know this case, John. So I was going through your notes and I'm actually not familiar with it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe as we go through, maybe something will click, but this will be my first time from what I can tell so far. Okay, well, let's just get right into the case. Let's do it. Heather Mack was born in October 1995. She was raised in Oak Park, Illinois, which was a suburb of Chicago. Her father, James Mack, was a musician and a composer, and her mother, Sheila Von Weiss, was a socialite. Heather attended Oak Park and River Forest High School, where she met her boyfriend, Tommy Schaefer. Schaefer was an unemployed rapper, and Heather's mother disagreed with the pair dating, fueling an already difficult mother-daughter relationship. Sheila and Heather's relationship was complicated. Friends described the duo as dysfunctional and codependent. There were frequent visits from the local police for domestic violence reports. A total of 86 were filed between the years of 2004 and 2013. For instance, in 2010, Heather was accused of stealing $1,000 from her mother. In 2011, she broke her mother's arm. And in 2012, a report that Heather had bit her mother, leaving a bruise. It was said that Sheila and Heather's relationship turned bitter after the patriarch James Mack died in 2006. Now, here's a little side story that's kind of a precursor to what what this case is about. In 2001, the Mack family went on a Royal Caribbean cruise. James suffered a foot injury and would later file a lawsuit against the cruise line. Mack claimed that he did not receive adequate care from the cruise physician, resulting in partial paralysis of his leg. Before the case could reach a settlement, James Mack died of a pulmonary embolism in 2006. The lawsuit would finally settle in 2011. Sheila would be awarded $500,000 despite James Mack's will, leaving it all to his daughter, Heather. A $1.5 million trust was also left to Sheila for Heather to inherit later. Now flash forward to the summer of 2014. Heather told her mother that she was pregnant with her boyfriend Tommy's child. Sheila encouraged her to get an abortion, but this was not acceptable to the couple. Now, Sheila and Heather took a trip to Bali, Indonesia in August 2014 to get away. They were staying at the lavish St. Regis Hotel. Tommy and Heather were not happy that Sheila was trying to ruin their relationship and was not supportive of them having a child. So much so that Heather stole her mother's credit card and booked a secret flight for Tommy. To Sheila's surprise, Tommy arrived at their St. Regis Hotel in Bali. That's when Tommy killed Sheila with a metal object from a hotel room. It was then that Heather helped Tommy place her dead mother in a suitcase. The couple then called for a taxi and placed the suitcase in the trunk, but the couple didn't return to get in the taxi. That raised suspicion and the driver called police, prompting him to go to the station. Police were stunned when they opened the abandoned suitcase and found 62-year-old Sheila Von Weiss murdered. 
Surveillance footage helped police track down the young couple at a local motel and both were arrested. The initial story was that Sheila was murdered by robbers and they escaped. The story was that Tommy was only there to help Heather tell her mother she was expecting. But the couple was eventually charged with murder and both faced the possibility of death by firing squad. However, Heather was sentenced to 10 years and Tommy 18 in a Bali prison. Now, Heather was pregnant at the time of her mother's murder. She ended up giving birth to a daughter, Stella, in prison. Evidence would later reveal that the couple had been planning to murder Sheila months before their trip to Bali. They would text each other frequently, mentioning their inherited wealth once Sheila was dead. Now, remember, there was $500,000 and a $1.5 million trust on the line. That's some money for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, she's like a senior in high school. So I think they were 18 and 21 or 18 and 20, something like that. Yeah. I mean, when you're that young, I mean, even to me as an adult, right, like 1.5 million. I'm like, oh, I can never imagine being somewhat. And we'll talk about a little bit at the end, but it seems like being somewhat of an entitled teenager that you're like, I can't wait to get that money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they grew up in a wealthy suburb of Chicago and your mom is taking you to Bali. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're you're not living a bad life. No, staying at the St. Regis. Right. Now, the couple would be free of Sheila, able to have their child, and be wealthy after inheriting almost $2 million. Heather was allowed to have Stella live with her in her jail cell until she was two years old. After her birthday, Stella was given to a woman who had befriended Heather after she was arrested. This allowed Stella to remain in Bali to visit her mother. Now, this is where our listeners might have heard of this case. I mean, it seemed like it took national news. These teens had gone to Bali on this lavish vacation and murdered her mother. And then she was pregnant and living in an Indonesian prison. Yeah, I can definitely understand why I would capture some headlines. I am really surprised that, you know, this is one I haven't heard of, but I'm interested to see what happens next. Well, Heather was released from Bali prison in October 2021 after serving seven of her 10 year sentence. She was reunited with her daughter, then six years old, but was quickly deported to the U.S., FBI agents greeted Heather and her daughter Stella at O'Hare International Airport. Heather Mack was arrested and taken into federal custody. She was indicted on two counts of conspiracy to commit murder in a foreign country and one count of obstruction of justice. Now, these charges were initially filed in 2017 against both Heather Mack and Tommy Schaefer. Stella was eventually placed in the care of Sheila's cousin in Colorado. Heather Mack believes that she paid for her crime while incarcerated in Bali for seven years. And her case was set for trial on August 1st, 2023. But a plea deal was reached in June of 2023. Now, Heather Mack was just sentenced today as we're recording January 17th, 2024. So when our listeners hear this tomorrow, it might be not fresh news. But her attorney sought 15 years with a seven-year credit for time served, plus the two years she had already served in the Chicago prison. However, she was sentenced to 28 years plus two years served, so a total of 26 years. As for Tommy Schaefer, he continues to serve his 18-year sentence in Bali and will likely be deported after his release and tried in the United States as well. So that's this week's case, John. Man, okay. This one... 
I feel weird about. I do want to take back something that I said because I know as we're going through, I said, you know, they got money. She's not living a bad life. She's at the want- St. Regis in, in Bali, John. Let's be honest. That's expensive. Right. So she does have money, but there are plenty of people who come from wealthy homes who still have a lot of issues. Right. And it's yeah. obvious that there was domestic violence. What I will say is after my kid tried to break my arm and bit me and left a bruise, I would be having domestic violence reports on myself because I'm not messing around. Like we, we wouldn't be on vacation in Bali together. Right. And I'm also from a different generation, right? Where right. it's like, you try to break my arm, like who's going to break whose arm first? Let's find out. Right. You know what right. I mean? I remember my mom telling me when I was a kid, I don't care how big you are. I have a chair and a baseball bat. I brought you into this world. I will take you out. You know what I mean? So it's just, you know, I think it's just different, but that would definitely not be flying in my house. But I wanted to make sure I took that back because I definitely understand that just because you have money doesn't mean you have a good quality of life. Oh, Maybe you're rich right. in some ways, but poor in others, if that makes sense. Yeah. Money doesn't buy happiness, John, but it sure makes life easier. That's true. That's true. But I'm conflicted about it because it's a terrible crime. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think she needed to serve time for this crime. Right. I am a little bit conflicted about you've served seven years thinking that your time is done and then you come home and then you get charged for another 26. I I don't know. I just don't know how to feel about it. I don't know if she's reformed. I mean, if having her daughter and having her daughter live in it, by the way, like you can have kids live with you in a Bali prison. Like that's, I'm just wondering what prison would be like in Bali because Bali seems pretty beautiful. I'm sure it's not as well established as a prison in the United States, but I mean, I imagine like monkeys coming to your window and like seeing the elephants walk by, you know, I have this immense vision of Bali and how great a prison would be. But then I go back to one of my favorite movies, Broke Down Palace. Have you seen that movie? With I Claire have, Danes? but it's been a very long time. Yeah, where they're, where they're in, I think in Thailand. Yes. And they serve in prison and there's like cockroaches and, you know, the women are really mean to them and put stuff in their food. So then I have that picture of what a Bali prison would be like. The fact that she got to keep her child till they were two, you know, I think is pretty generous and kind because she got to have that bonding at such a young time with her child. So it won't be like Stella won't know who her mother is. Yeah. And I think, first of all, I do want to say, I think it's really cute that you think a Bali prison is like a monkey showing up with margaritas, <laughs> like just, hey, just outside I'm your here. window. Here comes the elephant to visit. No, really, it's like broke down palace with cockroaches and probably not great sanitary. Yeah. I just don't know because I am torn. Right, you committed a crime in a country. You were facing the firing squad, which has to be just terrifying. Like again, I don't sign off on anything that these that these two teenagers did, but. I can imagine being a teenager and being like, oh, I'm going to die by firing squad. And then the relief of being like, I get a 10 year sentence. Do I think it should have been more than 10 years? Definitely. But I kind of feel like you did a crime. You were sentenced in the place that you did it. You served out that. And then to come home and then be charged again. 28 years and then like two years, because it says 26 years, but they were counting her two years served. But I think she should have the seven years she already served plus the two years. To make her sentence a little bit less. Yeah. And I think this is going to be some some really interesting conversation from the locksmiths and the listeners. Kind of what they think is seven years enough. Should she have gotten the additional, you know, 26 on top of that? I'd be really interested to hear what the listeners think for sure. But 
you know, I think it's like you said, it's like money doesn't buy happiness. It doesn't buy stability. Sure. You can go on these like fun vacations, but at the end of the day, you know, some kind of mental illness or, you know, issues that aren't resolved from childhood. Like we talked about on Monday, it's like these things can lead to people growing up to be monsters. You know, I also think it's really interesting that Tommy's last name was Schaefer because Monday's episode, we did Gerard John Schaefer. So I thought it was a little strange. I was like, wow, that's a interesting. We had two Schaefer's in one week committing horrific crimes, but I didn't even pay any attention to that. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, man, this is, this is a tough one. Cause like I said, I definitely think that she deserved to do the time. And I mean, as you were going through it, like part of it kind of sound like a country song is right. Like Tommy's my man where I'm having his baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it gets real dark real quick. And yeah. And, and there's probably more details about, I mean, Tommy was older than her. She was still, I think, a senior in high school or around that age of 18, 17, 18. And so like she's was it could have been we don't know if she was manipulated by him, if he had some sort of power control over her. Like, I don't know all the details of their dynamics, um, but, you know, he committed the murder. Was it premeditated? It seems as such because of the text messages and things that they had talked about. And she stole her mom's credit card and bought this plane ticket. But. You know, she didn't actually commit the murder. Yeah. And I think that's why she was charged with conspiracy. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure Tommy was trying to secure that bag, you know, like, (laughs) and also like, no offense. You know, I know, I know plenty of people, you know, being from Michigan and the Metro Detroit area. I know plenty of people who are chasing that rap dream, but you also want to make sure that, you know, you're keeping your pockets filled with a regular job while you're doing it. You know what I mean? And like, It really does seem like he was trying to get that money. I don't know. It's interesting. I would like to know more about like, you know, does she claim that it was his idea or, but I mean, either way, it's just, it's really sad because you think of Sheila, right. Who lost her husband and then, you know, taking this trip was probably a way for her to try to reconnect with her daughter or, you know, who knows, maybe like mend something over. And then this dude just shows up and it just ends with both parents passing away their child in prison, their grandchild being raised in prison and then handed off to just some woman in Bali. You know what I mean? So it's, I don't know. It's sad all the way around, but like I said, I I definitely want to hear from the listeners as to whether or not, you know, the seven years should have been enough or if the time had been tacked, tacked on if, if they think that was warranted for sure. Yeah. And there's definitely more details to the case. Cause once I started doing it as a short on time, I was like, Oh, I probably could have really made this a longer episode and, really dove into all the the details of everything, but I just kind of hit the high points, but I would like to know what the listeners think and their opinions on it. A hundred percent. And I mean, if we're talking deadbolt tests, right? Scale of one to 10, am I checking my locks tonight? I'm not going to check my locks. You know, this is one, maybe on the deadbolt test, I'm going to put it at a four, but it's one of those things where, the idea behind this story, right. is terrifying to think that like, that would be the relationship with my child as a teenager. And there would be that level of dysfunction where it seemed like the only way out was to murder me. Like that is terrifying. That's, you know, that's really scary. I'm not, you know, obviously I could throw my kid across the room today. If I had to, there's no, (laughs) there's no threat, but come check in on me in 10 years. And you don't know. You know what I mean? I may be like, the story's hitting a lot closer to home than it did originally. You know what I mean? <laughs> Little Millie's had a change for the worse. Yeah. She's just like, 
come on, dad, where's my trust? Like, got some sad news for you, kid. I will say just for the listeners, before we started recording, John's daughter got on here and was talking to me and she was saying, girls rule, boys drool. But my dad's, I love my dad. Even though he drools. Even though he drools, I love my dad. Yeah. I hope she holds on to that sweetness. You know what I mean? Because, you know, what I get scared about is like, even John Wayne Gacy, I'm sure was a sweet kid at some point. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then something happened, but if we're talking deadbolt test for you, where does something like this fall? I imagine we'd be low, but I'm interested. Yeah, I'm going to put it about a three. Yeah, I think this one is just really more interesting for conversation around, mm-hmm. you know, the debate about the sentencing as opposed to like, I'm terrified by this one. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to throw it out there. You know where we are falling on the deadbolt test for this week's short on time. I'm putting it at a four. Olivia coming in slightly underneath me at a three, but we want to know where does the murder of Sheila Von Weiss fall on your devil test? You can let us know, reach out to us on Instagram at check the locks pod, find us on Twitter, at check the locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, come hang out with us. We'd love to get to spend some time with you and find out how cold it is where you are. Again, if you're listening, you're experiencing some of that cold weather, just please make sure you're staying safe. You're staying warm. You're staying dry. Uh, and you know, everybody's nice and bundled up. And as always, if you like what we do, you want to help financially support the show, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks, get signed up today. We got a lot of great tiers, exclusive benefits, coffee mugs, t-shirts, stickers, all sorts of things you can only get from being a patron. Plus, you get the episodes a little bit early, ad-free. So if you love Check the Locks, you hate commercials, Patreon is the way to go. So if you want to help us keep the lights on, throw us a couple bones every month. Again, that is patreon.com forward slash Check the Locks. Get signed up today. And as always, if you cannot financially support the show, listen, we definitely understand just hanging out with us and sharing what we do with your friends and family means just as much, if not more. So if that is you, you're listening to the show every week, you're encouraging people to check it out, sending out those links. Just know that that helps us out more than we could ever tell you. That's going to help us get in front of more listeners. It's that grassroots hey, check this show out that is going to help us build our community and our family. So if you are helping with that, just know that we appreciate you more than we could ever tell you. That is all that we have for this week's case, but please make sure that you are subscribed to check the locks on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. But until then, don't forget to check the locks. See you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm going to Bali. Pack your bags. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.